0: I don't know who's going to win the race for governor, but I do know that critically important to everyone in the state is who's the attorney general years ago. We had boss Madigan's daughter, Lisa running, uh, running and winning surprise, surprise as attorney general. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think it was all that inspiring and nothing about the law from her, from a lawyer, nothing about actually changing or shaping the law itself. Now we have Tom DeVore, Republican running against Kwame Raul, who was who was installed by Madigan to replace his daughter. I think there was a million dollars in campaign funds, correct, given uh, to the. Uh, to um, Kwame from the Democrats, from Madigan and the Democrats. And now Tom DeVore is running. And the reason why I think it's important is because he will change the debate itself. If he wins, Tom DeVore will change the debate itself about, about the nature of government in Illinois from the, ending of no-cash-bail to the draconian ideas and, and writs that Governor Pritzker gives us. For example, I could go, I could go to the casino, I could go to the strip club, but I can't go to church. Remember that one? Joining us, as always, is Jeff Carlin, executive producer at WGN Radio, my friend co-host here, and where are you while we start peeling the onion away from what Pritzker and Kwame Raul don't want us to peel, the Thornley case? And where are you with Kwame Raul doing what Tony Preckwinkle wants him to do? As state's attorneys throughout the state Oppose the governor's decision to get rid of no-cash bail? And where are you when you're on the street under that broken streetlight on the broken cobblestones of the boulevard of broken dreams? You're here with us, me, you, Jeff Carlin, and Tom DeVore. On the Chicago Way podcast, on WGN+.
1: The the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon.
2: It's the Chicago Way.
3: The Chicago Way. That's the focus.
2: In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen
0: more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso
3: in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun, he sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's
2: the way.
0: And Tom DeBoer on the Chicago way. Welcome, Tom. Hello,
3: John. Hey, Tom. Welcome. Thanks for hey, joining us. Jeffrey. Thank you, that sir.
0: was that was kind of a. I think it's a, a junior lawyer. You wouldn't give me a good grade on that uh, opening statement.
1: I thought it was and stellar.
0: That, you <laughs> think so? Yeah. All right. Let's get to it then. What does your election to attorney, the office of attorney general mean to the Democrats in Illinois? To the power structure? To the clique? What is it? You mean? know,
1: I, that's John. I think what it means is not just to the Democrats in Illinois. I mean, we we easily find ourselves talking about the Democrats because they have a one party rule structure. But it also goes to the Republicans as well. The message is equal to them: is that if I'm the Attorney General <laughs> of the state, our government is going to operate or be more visually dysfunctional. That could be a real reality. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Versus this cloud that we have right now, because we have an abuse of executive power that is absolutely out of control in our state. And we have a legislature which has sat by idly and allowed it to happen. Absolutely catastrophic for the foundation of our government principles. And you don't hear me saying anything about policy, about what's good policy or bad policy. That's for the people to decide but we must have an attorney general in that position that demands at all times that our government operates and our separation of powers is respected at all costs, regardless of the outcome.
3: And Tom, I mean, you, uh, people might remember you from a a pandemic that happened a a little while ago. Um, I mean, one of the things you, you were, you were arguing is that the, the governor of the state, you know, doesn't have the carte blanche to to shut down local forms of government on a whim, right? I mean, that that was kind of where people might know you from. Am I, am I characterizing that right?
1: You are characterizing it correctly. Again, there, you know, the governor would have liked to characterize it, and he did, uh, especially in the northern part of our state. That I was anti safety, anti, you know, huh. uh, vaccine, and all of that was right. absolutely ridiculous. You're killing Anybody people.
0: That, you're sending them to church. You're killing people. You're, exactly. you're evil. You're the Antichrist. I get it. Yeah. You know,
1: and, and that kind of, you know, really, it took, for people that have some bounds of reason, that it's really primitive type of, of, you know, speech that the governor is using. But it was nothing to do with any of that. It was all about not having this executive fiat. John, you wrote about it a lot. I, I watched what you write. This executive fiat from a governor doing the things he was doing was, was absolutely horrific. And and if people listen to me, and I actually, John, did it the other day in front of the Republican Central Committee for the state of Illinois. I didn't hold any punches back with, with DeSantis either, because, you know, I'm not here to qualify what Florida law says. But if he would have been the governor of Illinois issuing executive orders, that was a different version of tyranny, which is all it is. I would have had no use for that either, and it kind of caught all of those men and women off guard when I when I told them that uh, because what they so,
0: want is partisanship. They don't want. Uh, I mean, they, they just want, want they want partisanship. That's what they're about.
1: That's what that it's what both of our parties are yes. about. They're about sure. partisanship. They're about power. They're not about governance because governance, when it's done the way that it was intended, who's in power becomes less significant, but. You know, what I was hearing and what I've been hearing from a lot of them, again, and I'm not here to pick on the Republican Party, but I asked them serious questions. If we had a Governor Bailey, hypothetically, are you all OK with a potential Governor Bailey's version of executive orders because you might agree with the ends achieved? I'm not. I want the legislature to legislate and to pass laws and to deliberate these things for the, pub- the for the public to see. And if the outcome is not something personally that I agree with as a citizen, I can accept that. And I'll work to change it if I don't like it. What I don't accept is this jockeying back and forth of executive power, one party back to the next. And if we're going to govern that way, John, we're going to lose this republic that we have.
0: Yeah, I think we're already well on our way to uh, losing it already after I saw what the president I had to stay in front of the blood dark red walls of the uh, of the uh, independence hall i was just it was depressing so but here in illinois the sun is shining i think right <laughs> governor pritzker hasn't blotted it out completely <laughs> um one, one of the things that have become an issue is this business of no cash bail yes and I remember when Kwame Rowell was here on the Chicago Way and we talked mm-hmm. uh and um before they all got scared away by Lori Lightfoot. And uh he was Kwame was uh you know pushing for he said he was pushing for uh stronger sentences against those who uh you know repeat gun offenders. Remember that one, Jeff? Oh yeah. You know, he was all all about that, and then mm. I didn't see much of him.
3: Yeah,
0: It's kind of like he supports it, but really not. And then comes the no-cash bail business. Uh, uh, our friend Dan Proft uh, has made a big deal of it, and that's upset Pritzker and Lightfoot, the Democrats who are in charge of a lot of this. But I'm going to ask you, Tom, just with that as background, uh, where do you stand on no cash bail, and are you c- as concerned as some are about it?
1: Yes, and here's here's the reason why. You know, the the very basic premise of no cash bail, if you if you don't dig into the details, reasonable minds can have a conversation about that. There is no doubt that uh, there are occasions when our jails have nonviolent offenders in them. Uh, that are there merely because they can't afford to pay some nominal bail, of course. You know? and, and to that extent, having a conversation about being able to get them out of the jail system, we—I'm willing to have that conversation.
0: This is but, not. This is the United States yeah. of America in the, This is not England in the 1600s. Okay, right.
1: right. But 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 what happened with that idea? Right is it got completely distorted and it resulted in legislation that I don't know that most of them that voted on it really understood. And it it got, the language got to be so extreme. I know who did understand it. That was Kwame Raul because he orchestrated most of it, but getting it to the point to, there are going to be people on the streets that absolutely should not be on the streets. There is no doubt about that in my mind whatsoever. And then turning the, the system and the process into being civil in nature to, well, if you don't show up for your court hearing, they'll issue what's called a rule to show cause. And then you have to be served, which is never going to happen. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, serving process for a rule to show cause for those of us that have been in civil practice for a long time, we just laugh because it, it, it doesn't work very well. Uh, and. We're going to have people on the, on the streets that are dangerous, and I don't think anybody wanted that, any reasonable people. I think some of the extreme uh, people like Kwame and the governor and Lightfoot may have been, and, and Fox okay with it. But I don't think ordinary, everyday, prudent people in the legislature really appreciated that, and now they're stuck with it. So those, it absolutely needs to be unwound and have a reasonable conversation. I've been how- across, the state, across the state, John – and these jails are going to be letting out people in mass at the beginning of January. I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to play out. It's going to be a disaster, but go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Well, no, what's the, what's the, I the, the say, way to address it. Yeah. How what, do you, how you do you start stop pulling at that yeah. thread? I mean, do you have the governor just stop it. Is it, can he stop it?
1: No, the governor can't stop it because it was a law that was passed. And I would not, right. even if governor Pritzker, says I'm going to issue an executive order to do something on the, I would not be in favor no, of it because it's right an right use on. of power. But, but what's going to happen again? I don't know what's going to happen, but one of the things I think we'll see is across the state, depending upon where you're at, I think it's going to be handled differently. You know, you get into, you know, my part of the state and you have someone that should be in jail and that judge thinks they should be in jail because there's a danger to society. I want to see what happens because that's one of the big changes is when now the statute says, is that you have to be being the danger, not just to society, but to a specific identifiable person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so hypothetically, if someone commits murder, are they a danger to a specific identifiable person? The person is deceased. Right. They're no longer a danger. So being able to hold that person on bail after committing murder could be a violation of statute as written. Did they intend that? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to see how the judges and the state's attorneys across the state handle that.
0: Well, what was was Kwame Rowell doing as this bill was getting hammered out?
1: Well, my understanding was Kwame was working – diligently at some point in time with law enforcement to try to put some language together that they could work with.
0: That was and, a story. That was one of the stories that was put out.
1: Well, and I know it to be true up until okay. a couple of days before the bill got shoved through at the midnight hour, he mm-hmm. went radio silent, quit talking to everybody. So my suspicion is, is whoever it is that wields the political influence. And we all could speculate on who that is, but, you can do that. I don't need well, to. Well, go ahead, <laughs> Mike Madigan.
0: Well, Mike Christ- Madigan, Christ- I think is not in, uh, anywhere now.
1: But- Christopher in the background, him and his mm. people. Christopher Welch, the speaker, J.K. Fritzker. yeah, Lori Lightfoot.
0: He forgot to mention Tony Preckwinkle, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cook, <laughs> Cook County, Cook County's
0: president, president of the board of the Cook County Board.
1: That whole structure, and when I say Mike Madigan, I'm referring to that yeah. whole structure that he put together over decades right he may not be picking up the phone making the calls right now But that whole machine that might put together over those decades it's still alive and well so uh they somehow or another got a hold of Kwame raul and told him what was going to (laughs) happen and he had to acquiesce and the reason that he has to acquiesce is because he's a lifelong politician He's got to where he is in politics solely by doing the bidding of other people. He got appointed to office in the legislature. He then gets the job as the attorney general. If he doesn't appease that machine, he never gets reelected. He doesn't have the support of the, the grassroots support of the people of this state. Most of them don't even know who he is. And so when, and we could talk about that too, John, with the issues with the COVID pandemic, when Governor Pritzker and the whole machine of politics in Illinois tells Kwame Raoul to jump, he jumps. He doesn't have a choice. His political survival depends upon it. It is what it is. So it, that's what happened with safety act. Me, where I'm different is I'll jump for no man or no machine, if that means I'm not in public office, I'm okay with that. Right. But if I'm in office, the people's interests will always come first. I don't care who likes it. Kwame Raoul doesn't have that in him, sadly, because he wants to be a politician. He knows what he has to do to survive, and it compromises him as the attorney general of the state. It's that simple.
3: Well, Tom, I mean, uh, one of the things you you, you know we, we always joke about here is that that you know, all this uh, Madigan stuff and 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 the predecessor to Kwame never finding any, kind, uh, any corruption in any of the institutions, which we all know is not true. You know, it's it's city, this, this one party rule leads us surely into corruption. What do you want to do on that front? I mean, you get, you, you win, you're elected, you're uh, the man in charge. What's the first step there?
1: There will be no politician at any level or holding any office, Republican, Democrat. Gentlemen, I've been spending a lot of time in the south side and the west side of chicago. And you know, this this conversation that I have with folks, it's really very interesting and eye-opening. Because when I go to the black community, a lot of the the folks that I talk to, they're leaders in the community. I won't mention their names. When we talk about corruption, public corruption, and they're aware of what's been going on the last couple of years with Pritzker and and, uh, you know, the mayor, is it dealing with the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns and stuff? And you know what the folks in the black community tell me? Welcome to the show. We've been dealing with corrupt politicians for decades in our communities, mayors, city council members, etc. you know, doing these things in our communities. And we've been trying to get the attorney general's attention for decades to help us. And it goes on deaf ears. It goes on deaf ears, and I said, "Okay, give me some examples." They start giving me examples about the mayor of the city of Dalton, and show me documents, and I'm going, "Oh my god!" And I look at that stuff, and it's clear abuse of authority. Mm-hmm. Is it the state level, the Jenny Thornley matter, John? That is there clear you go, clear, documented. Give us, give us, uh, fraud.
0: Give us a, a quick, like, quick, so, and I yeah, mean short synopsis though, yeah. of the – because this is something you, you – mm-hmm. I don't think many of you have ha, heard about it, or maybe you have if you read Wirepoints and uh, Ted Dabrowski, but yeah, I don't think it's really being covered by the Chicago Tribune or the Chicago Sun-Times or any of none these. Of,
1: uh, none of them have covered it recently. The Tribune wrote an article. Dan wrote an article about it eight nine months ago but he's not updated it the short version is the short john the short version is is jenny thornley is a campaign staffer for pritzker she worked for the state police merit board she stole money she alleged she was sexually assaulted she was not sexually assaulted she did steal money and after hold it
0: hold it she's according to who counselor According
1: to a $550,000 internal investigation from a group that was hired by and recommended by Governor Pritzker. Okay. The taxpayers spent $550,000 on a 130-page report that they went and they actually got the timesheets where she was turning in overtime and they were watching and had the videos, John, that show she was leaving at normal business hours, sometimes before normal business, but she would turn in overtime for those days. It's documented, crystal clear. She and she has in fact now been charged for this overtime fraud in Sangamon County.
0: Sangamon County. Dun, yes. dun, dun.
1: And that's uh
0: that's a that's uh a, a, the, the mud pen of uh our <laughs> buddy Bill Big Bill Cellini, isn't it? Yeah, keep going.
1: So she, when she knows she's had for the overtime fraud, she alleges she was sexually assaulted by her supervisor. This internal investigation resulted in them giving a very thorough written $550,000 taxpayer opinion. There was no sexual assault, and actually the evidence pointed to the contrary. Now, Ms. Thornley had filed in the meantime a workman's compensation disability request with the TriStar Insurance Company. The state of Illinois in the application of injury, the notice of injury, she does not list the merit board as her employer. She lists the governor's office as her employer and she lists JB Pritzker as her supervisor and files that false statement to get disability benefits. That now, she got fired. A little kinky. <laughs> she got fired. She got fired in July of 2021 after that investigation was over. And ap- she was on no pay or on paid leave while the investigation was going on. So- she gets terminated after the investigation's done. She then starts collecting disability benefits based upon the application that she worked for the governor and the governor's office. The merit board finds out about it. And they start trying to intervene
0: to stop her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Saying why is she getting disability benefits? Why are Why are we not involved? We're her employer. And there are emails that show to where it's the governor's office is handling this. General counsel Ann Spillane is involved, and we've been told we can't talk to you, merit board. It's in the emails.
0: Jeez. Who's we? Who's we can't talk to the merit board? This is uh, me. Tra- the insurance Glass. company. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the there's got to be a, the- is there a grand jury on this? Is there a grand jury on this
1: thing? <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> so so she eventually in September gets charged with overtime fraud on the turning the fake hours. As soon as she gets overtime fraud charges, she stops getting her disability payments. Isn't that a coincidence? Hmm. There's no connection. If she was injured at work, there's no connection to overtime fraud. She's injured at work. She's injured at work. They knew she wasn't injured at work before they even started giving her the payments. But again, what I've been telling people is that leave whether or not she was injured at work out of it from the the false, now debunked sexual assault. She could have never been injured at work for the governor's office because she never worked for the governor's office, Jeez.
2: and so they filed
1: that phony, or she filed for certain we know the phony injury claim because it took the process out of the merit boards' hands and put it in the hands of the governor's office and Ann directly. She collected so over seventy thousand in benefits.
0: So Jeez. is is uh, Kwame Roll. Uh, leading the charge on this thing to get to the bottom of it,
1: Kwame Raul's office. So the Kwame Kwame Raoul's office in January of 2021 got a letter from the state uh, CMS saying she needs to be charged. We recommend we want her charged with workman's comp fraud. Kwame Raoul has a division of workman's comp fraud. In the attorney general's office, they—they're the only ones that prosecute it. And Kwame says, "Oh, uh, we referred that to the appellate prosecutor. There is no such thing as a referral to the appellate prosecutor's office. That's not how it works. If you have a conflict, Kwame says he has a conflict. Gentlemen, he does not have a conflict.
0: What is this conflict? What is this stated conflict?
1: His stated conflict is that well, we represent the state of Illinois against Jenny Thornley." in her wrongful her alleged wrongful termination case. And so since we're against her in that case, I can't bring charges against her for workman's comp fraud. It would be looking like I might be retaliating against her. It's laughable. It's not it, you it, can also, be adverse it to, also
0: puts him at odds with Pritzker. Right. Well that's
1: the truth. Right. That's the real truth. You and I know that the reason he's not done this. So but here's where it gets worse, John, is that he says I referred it. Kwame's office said it. And then Kwame said it on the camera twice. The first time he said it on the camera, the appellate prosecutor's office of the state of Illinois that would traditionally handle conflicts for the attorney general sent an email to. And we have the email sent an email to the attorney general's office, making it clear. You have never referred the workman's comp matter of Jenny Thornley to our office. We don't know what you're talking about. By the way, we don't do workman's comp prosecution. Your office does workman's comp prosecution. But if you think there's a conflict, the proper mechanism is, is that you ask the court to appoint us to that case. And if the court appoints us, then we're in. Right, That's how it works. Kwame Raul then got asked about it by Greg Bishop from Center Square a second time. Right. Kwame got defensive and aggressive with Greg saying, I told you, I referred it. I referred it. And Greg's going, the AGs are the appellate prosecutor says you haven't referred. It. Here's why Kwame Raoul won't file the proper motion asking the court to appoint the appellate prosecutor, because when you file a motion with the court as the attorney general saying, I've got a conflict, appoint the appellate prosecutor. You have to convince the judge that you actually have a conflict. Yes. And Kwame could not come to the judge and say, well, we're against Miss Thornley in this federal employment case, so since we're against her, I've got a conflict. The judge would laugh him out the courtroom saying, you don't have a conflict.
0: Plus, he'd have to put it down in writing. He'd <laughs> right. have to Some put it in writing. That's the time that um, Tom DeVore swoops in, grabs that document and waves it over his head at a news conference
1: or a debate, right? Yes. And if he wants what he would have to do is be honest with the judge because the judge would be an intelligent person and say, you know what, if I bring this case against Ms. Thornley or if I'm going to investigate and potentially bring charges, there's a real likelihood that that could include charges against somebody in the governor's office or the governor himself And since I represent the governor on a variety of things, I've got a political conflict here, and I can't file this case. That would be the truth, John, but he can't say that in a court document. And so he's just deflecting and running it in circles, praying that the election comes before that ever might come real issue. That's what's happening. That's the truth.
0: This has got to uh, perplex uh, the the editorial boards of the (laughs) Chicago— I would assume the AFL-CIO WBEZ Times and uh, the Combine Tribune uh, would be, uh, you know, not knowing what to do, especially with uh, Mark Lennon of WirePoints uh, hammering at this. uh, I recommend – and, look, before we go any further, just so there's no mistake, Jenny Thornley, uh, if you want to respond to what Tom DeVore said on this podcast – Please be our guest. You please. know, I'll, please come on and and uh, be the guest, and uh, I'll have a Bible, and you can swear <laughs> uh, to to the best of your ability. You know, right? You're right. And <laughs> we'll swear. Yeah. Or take. It'll take a deposition, right? And I'll yeah. have my. And, and
1: maybe maybe Kwame Raul would like to come on and talk to you and explain why he has not one prosecuted this matter or two actually filed the motion with the court. To have the appellate prosecutor appointed because not only do you have to lay out the conflict john you yes, have sir. to also say to the court who are the persons that you're actually wanting me to give jurisdiction to the appellate prosecutor to potentially charge with a crime that <laughs> list is going to include more people than jenny thornley
0: a fine kettle of fish John. <laughs> exactly john. <laughs> because but-
1: conspiracy to commit workman's cop fraud is by statute subject to the same charge. So let me ask you, sir. Yes, sir. When you have emails that show Ann Spillane herself orchestrated getting those benefits paid to Jenny Thornley based upon an injury claim. This is the, claim. Lawyer,
0: lo- the lawyer for Pritzker is what you and yes. Ann Spillane, right?
1: Ann Spillane, the doc. The emails themselves show that she materially participated in these work cop benefits based upon an application for benefits that listed an employer that the lady never worked for.
0: It stinks. I tell you, it stinks. Well, one thing I do know, according to what I'm reading in front of me on the screen right now, what Pritzker said a while back in August, August 6th is nothing other than what I read in the paper. I I know nothing I know nothing other than what I read in the paper about it, said Governor Pritzker, adding, quote, the truth is if somebody committed workman's comp fraud, they should be held accountable, quote. I agree with him.
2: That's all he <laughs> you said. Know,
0: but then why isn't, you know, he the saying, governor... why isn't he saying, hey, Kwame, I paid for you to, uh, me, <laughs> me, and, me and Mike Madigan paid for you to, to be the uh to be
3: the attorney
1: general. So come on, step up, man. Step up on the corner, right? You know, isn't it odd that the governor says he knows nothing when there's emails in the $550,000 investigation that Jenny Thornley sent to Mrs. Pritzker herself talking about this matter, saying that that the governor needs to know.
0: Were they, were they, they was Jenny Thornley an expert in show jumping horses?
1: Hmm. I don't know. She has mis- <laughs> she has uh, the governor because she listed the governor's personal cell phone on her application for uh,
3: oh boy, uh, oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: Dude, I think this is a this. job for I think this is a job for a federal grand jury. My friend,
3: seriously, I, I
1: trust me. I'm trying. I'm trying. There, you know that whole thing right there—that workman's comp fraud case. Ms. Thornley, again, she filled out the application, right? Listing the governor. Right. I would love to talk to Ms. Thornley or have the federal prosecutors talk to Ms. Thornley about who she worked with and accomplishing all of that. She didn't do that by herself. There's no way she wow. did that by herself. And everybody knew. The governor's office knew that the application for benefits was fraudulent, because she never worked for the governor. She right. worked for the Illinois State Police Merit Board since 2013 before JB Pritzker ever was elected to the office of governor. He she was on his campaign staff and helped him get elected. Pictures of him and her together all over the internet.
0: This is but she bu- never bumbling worked
1: for the governor's office.
0: This ever. is bumbling, bumbling, bumbling. This is not real I I just I remember when Rich Daly had <coughs> had armies of patronage workers <laughs> and, the, and right. they were on trial and and the mayor didn't know. just like pritzker he knew nothing nothing i know nothing, nothing nothing and then after the after zorich went away or when he was sentenced uh they had a little pizza party for him at the um
2: <laughs> at the, in the
0: basement of the, nati- at the, the t- church of the nativity uh, in Bridgeport. And I'm just wondering, is there a pizza party in due, due for uh, Jenny Thornley? Does she like Saputo's pizza? <laughs>
1: that's it's a good, good question, sir. It but that's, that's the Thornley matter. And you know what? Kwame Raul has lied on the camera helping to deflect, cover up that whole thing. That's where I'm coming from. He's the attorney general. He has a duty, an oath to the people of this state the prosecute criminals, there is a crime here. It's a clear crime, and not only is he not prosecuted it, he's not properly referred and got the appellate prosecutor appointed because he can't file that document because it will make him and the governor look horrific if he files that motion to appoint the appellate prosecutor. So he's lying to people on the camera, John.
0: What will it make? How will it be? What? What is horrific about it? How will it make them horrific?
1: It will make it horrific because he's going to have to list in there his political affiliation with the governor of why he's not going to bring that case because he's conflicted. Because political conflicts are a bona fide basis for you to say, I can't do this because I'm as an attorney, I'm torn between what's going on here. But you have to say that. I mean, there's case law about these types of conflicts.
0: You have to cop to the fact that you don't want to touch it.
1: Yes, and I don't want to the, touch it.
0: You put it on. You put it on the record, and then other people can take shots at you, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, not that's only are they to
1: take shots at you. Can you imagine what that does to Governor Pritzker two months before an election? Right, whether he wins or loses re-election, no different. You're going to put in there that I can't file this case against jenny thornley because of these connections that we've just spent the last 20 minutes talking about
0: he can't file because he doesn't want to upset pritzker's campaign or he doesn't yes. and right. he doesn't want to you know harm the pritzker's dream of becoming president of the united states
1: <laughs> exactly right john Ding, ding that's ding, what's ding. going on and as a consequence the political gamesmanship continues, and Kwame Raoul once again, and his—he's been there almost eight years, has never prosecuted an ounce of public corruption.
2: So,
0: well, I don't like the attorney generals uh, of the state in uh, prosecuting public corruption, simply because I don't. It, it becomes a case of uh, like. One side's po- political lawyer going after the other yeah. side's political lawyer, and it can't d- devolve into that. But uh, you know how you stop it from being questioned? Do your job. Do your job. <laughs> yep. right?
2: Yeah,
0: I think so. Do your job, and just let the cards fall where they may.
1: That's Absolutely. that's it. I mean, that's I agree.
0: Now, so if if this say if this is not resolved. And say if, you know, against my better judgment, the people of Illinois uh, don't elect Tom DeVore, which I would like. Uh, be, and I'm just doing this as a, as, a, as a boon to all the newspaper reporters who don't want to go into these issues unless <laughs> there's somebody out there uh, quoted on the record to, t- to lead them by the nose, you know, and show mm-hmm. them what the, what the deal is. But if if they don't, if if Kwame is real is elected, what happens yep. to this story?
1: Goes away. Right.
3: There you go. It goes away. Goes yep. away. Well, hey, Tom, I uh, really appreciate you come join us here as we kind of head towards uh, funny. What, what did uh, Bill Cameron used to call the this, this time of year in the election cycles Funny season. Silly season. Silly season. That's what it was. <laughs> um, i got to ask you, uh, give me a, what if I'm coming, home, coming down to Greenville? What's, uh, what do I got to check out? Give me the pitch for your hometown.
1: Did you come to Greenville? Yeah. There's yeah. He, wants to, he wants to <laughs> do a
0: podcast there.
3: <laughs> hey, maybe we can take, take this thing on the road. What do, what do we got to no, check out?
1: I, I love my hometown, but it's a small 5,000-person community. There's a few restaurants and a, a movie theater that hasn't been open since COVID started, and uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot to do in the city of Greenville, but I love the community.
3: Well, I, that's small what town. I love. I love the small town feel. You know, John, I always talk about the, 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 that idyllic, uh, you know, two couple of good restaurants are all you really need.
1: Yeah.
0: There's only uh, in a small town, everybody knows your business, Jeff. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and half of them are your relatives because all your cousins are there. And they know what, wasn't he dating that other girl first before <laughs> he met? And all that. And everyone knows your business. I'm just telling you, Jeff, that's how it works. Well, I mean, the small awkward. town that we're from has like, I think, 400 people in it. It's the finest village in the uh, universe, Rizas, Arcadia, Greece, in the south of uh, Greece, Peloponnesus. And we make great cherries. Grow some great cherries. What kind of what kind of uh, fruits do they grow in uh, Greenville, Tom?
1: They don't. We have corn and soybeans and wheat in the big area of Greenville. We don't grow mm-hmm. any fruit. Well, it's yeah, we'll grow crops. So we have cattle and cattle and corn.
0: Cattle and corn. All right. Well, Not one thing corn. you do you have <laughs> do you have
1: churches there? Yes, we have a lot of them.
0: All right, let's let's get to this other issue because I know there's there's other things to talk about and I don't want to make this three hour podcast, but <laughs> to the uh, to me the most important thing that uh, one of the most important things that you've done is file suit and along with Darren Bailey, you've also he's done it too, and you've done it. File suit against Pritzker on this um, high handed What is it? Noblesse oblige business where he can uh, sign a writ and keep people from going to church, but I can go to a strip club, but I can't go to a church. What was that about, Tom? What was that whole business about during the pandemic? Well, you
1: know, the issue of it, so we're going back right now into 2020 uh, when you were dealing with the closures of certain types of of businesses or, or institutions, the necessary, churches
0: necessary, necessary businesses, mm-hmm. essential. essential, essential, right?
1: Yeah, essential was the language.
0: Like pole so dancers, exec- pole dancers <laughs> are essential.
1: Yeah. So, are you guys aware that the first executive order that the governor signed? What business model that that protected? Are you familiar? Yes. Go on. The pot chops? The pot chops.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Go on, uh, tell us. Yeah. So the you know executive order number one was to protect. Uh, marijuana dispensary So, okay Of so course. It. Uh, But the, you know, I could We could sit here and laugh forever About the, the the ridiculousness Of those executive orders Of, you know, again, you could go to the casinos And put all your money down the drain Of the casino, but you couldn't go to church You could go to Walmart, but you couldn't go To the local Shoe store or flower shop it, it was, a, You could
0: go to You could go to, uh, where else could you go You couldn't go to Home Depot Right, yeah. well, yep. Home Depot, you got to have it. But did they? Did they really? Have, wasn't there a provision that you could go to go to the liquor store and the strip joint, the strip club, whatever? weren't
1: strip clubs the, the liquor st- stores? I don't remember. I didn't. The strip clubs where they fell in that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because here's what the the issue when the governor issued that executive order. Let me well, let me tell you, gentlemen, something. Every reasonable minded. Lawyer, law enforcement person, state's attorney, most of them, almost all of them, except for a couple, knew that that executive order wasn't worth the paper it was written on. But let's talk about small businesses for a second. How many times in the state of Illinois do you think that Governor Pritzker took a business church, throw them all in there, any of them to court and says, you're letting people inside, my executive order says you can't do it, judge issue this order and... Tell them they can't do it. How many times do you think that happened? None. <laughs> Zero. How many times do you think he tried? None. Zero.
0: Because he knew. I mean, he didn't knew. he go to
1: law school? He knew that this was... He didn't
0: want... It's just like this Thornley thing. You don't, don't want to bring it up because in a court because you're going to get shot down and made a fool out of
1: Yeah. And so I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds... Of you know, businesses across the state. I had, I had helped churches, I helped, you know, salon, every business you could think of. And you know all I had to do, gentlemen, what all only all I thing I had to do was give them enough courage to open. And when they would open, and they would finally they'd get a letter, a scare letter or something, and I would just tell them, Don't worry about it. Just nobody can do anything. That's all that it ever took, well, Tom, they're going to come and take something. I'm like, no, they're not I'm going to do anything. Well, it was, was there... all a facade. I had five five or six I can't remember businesses that ended up being closed by a court, but it had nothing to do with Pritzker's executive order. It was a local food ordinance or something in a couple there of you counties. go well that's right. part of it, it.
0: I grew up yeah. in a small business, Tom yeah it, it was was a game they played
1: with, it was a it was a game that a couple of counties played with a food ordinance trying to invoke the policies of the executive order but that executive order in and of itself was completely it was a facade and so when Prisker was going around the state oh the courts have said I can do it the courts have said I can do it John all the courts ever said and I'm in error in my opinion but I'm not going to disrespect the court is they said that the governor could issue these 30-day serial proclamations Mm -hmm. that's all the courts ever said Again, I completely disagree with the Foxfire case, but that's the ruling as of today. So be it. Right. But there were no courts that ever issued any rulings that said Pritzker, with that executive authority, can close a business. It never happened because he would never take it to court. Because if you read about what Governor Pritzker was doing, there's federal uh, documents. There's actually some uh, some local Educational reports talking about how do you manage pandemics, etc. And they actually talk about when these types of executive directives get issued that you may only get 50, 60, 70 percent compliance, but that's considered success. Yeah. Right? Have you guys ever
3: read any of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah. What, I mean, we we talked about that stuff during you know the, the beginning of the pandemic with the CDC and the whole idea of the the mess. Like, well, if we don't do this, we don't do that, and they're all trying to outthink the populace, and it's yes. and, you know, it, it's uh, it doesn't work.
2: It's, so it, what kind of revenge works for
3: a short time? Really.
2: What kind it of revenge?
0: What kind of revenge has Governor Pritzker applied to uh, Seventh Circuit Judge Raylene Grinshaw?
1: Oh, Judge Grishow?
0: Yes. Judge nothing. Rayleigh. Keep
3: Grishow. in
1: mind, keep nothing. You keep in mind, Judge Grishow gave Governor Pritzker every. I mean, I never won a case in front of her until I won the one on the kids in the mask. I lost every time.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: She, she ruled in August of 2000, and I'm not disrespecting her. I love her. I think she's a great lady. Uh, she, she ruled in the governor's favor in August of 2020 in regard to the mask issue with kids in masks in schools. And in February 2022, she called him the evil that the law was intended to protect people against. So uh, he's, he can't do anything to her. I mean, she's an elected judge in the 7th Judicial Circuit. He, she doesn't answer to him. But, uh, you know, that ruling that she wrote was exactly spot on, 100% spot on. So what,
0: and, what is the next step in this campaign? Because we have to close this out. What's the next step in the campaign for, for you, Tom?
1: I mean, the next step in the campaign for us is starting here real soon. I'm going to be up north all the time and I'm going to be talking to these communities about my the law, my vision of what the law is supposed to be for them. Because the governor has done a sadly decent job of scaring the hell out of people, John. Right. Making people uh. think that his version of tyranny is what's needed to keep them safe.
0: They're scared and my message they're always to, scared of po- power.
1: Yes, here. they're scared of power. And my message to not only to Republicans, but to Democrats and to Independents is that you have the power. You are people. You have the power. Quit letting politicians, all of them, tell you that they're the ones that you need. You don't need them. You need them to represent you within the confines of the law. Only. And if the law needs to change, you change it because I'm convinced that that message, which I've been living the last two years, if I get that message broadly enough communicated to the people that they'll appreciate that. And they're not because I don't think they're satisfied with what Kwame raoul has been doing, just being the governor's lapdog. I mean, everybody knows that it's no secret. I think it's dangerous. This one party rule is going to destroy our state. And I'm hoping that people don't
0: want it. Well, there it is. It's already destroyed the state. I understand. I don't I don't, I don't know what I don't, you know, now that I'm gone, I'm looking up I'm looking I'm waving at you guys from across the border.
1: <laughs> we know.
0: <laughs> I'm not I'm not from I'm not living in some fancy like Naples, you know. <laughs> I got some cornfields next to me. Anyway. So Tom Tom DeWort. Uh, you're invited to write 900 words, and so is Kwame. 900 words on why you should be uh, Attorney General. As long as it's, I'll edit, and as long as it's, you know, not inflammatory or libelous, I, I wouldn't <laughs> not like my
1: style. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just have to say that so other, other people know. And everybody knows uh, who's listening that I've also asked everybody running for mayor to to write me the same. You know, right. Why do you want to be mayor? Why do you want to be attorney general of Illinois? So we'll see what happens.
1: We'll get that thanks, to you, sir. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Thanks, and Tim. I'm- yep. Thank you, gentlemen.
2: The Jenny Thornley thing. There were three different reasons given one in a letter to uh, uh, CMS, but I think. The, the bottom line there is that uh, we, re- we we referred the case. Uh, Way back, way back, no let me finish, you're asking me a question, let me finish, way back, uh, the state appellate uh, prosecutor had the case, we had three cases that there was a conflict on. if if there was a cover up we would not have communicated with the uh, Sangamon state uh, 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 state's attorney and the appellate prosecutor who already had a case against Jenny Thornley. And so that's it. There's nothing else to be said on that case. It seems, it seems that there are three different reasons given one was no jurisdiction on authority, another one was a conflict. So what's your ultimate question? What, why isn't this being prosecuted? You have to ask the state appellate prosecutor who already has uh, a case against Miss Thornley as to what their strategy is, which they may or may not share with me, we are conflicted out. I can't say that. There's only so many times I can say that. Thank you for your question. That
3: was fun, huh, Jeff? <clears throat> yeah, that was great. It's, I mean, I, I like to, I enjoy a good uh, a civil servant, you know, and uh, someone who sees it as a service. This guy would be the worst nightmare
0: because, uh, you know, the office is like attorney general and Controller, controller <laughs> says, you know who's going to get paid first, right? Who's going right. to get paid? Yeah. Get in line, and I, you know, oh, sir, Mister Carlin, we can't pay you for about three years, so <laughs> right. you're going to lose your business. Yeah. But say some o- others like Joe Bag of Donuts from the <laughs> from the special ward, or the,
3: right or the one that it?
0: the one protected uh, by Pritzker and Preckwinkle. Yeah, right. you, know, you get paid right away, but it depends. Yeah. And the same thing with uh, Attorney General. You can make, you can make uh, arguments about the nature of government and the nature of our freedom and liberty against tyranny. Uh, that would be astounding, and uh, would
3: yeah, just just make shake, opinions. Just, I mean,
0: just write sh- opinions. You don't even have to do shake them to the very foundation. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 dangerous. I mean, it's it's something we've seen that. You know, it, it, there are too many things that don't pass the smell test, right? I mean, that whole Thornley story, I mean, geez, that alone is enough to. But that's no surprise, right? I mean, if you no, said patronage has been part of the Chicago Ways since the, the, the earliest days. That's why we call it that. Mm-hmm.
0: For Tom DeVore, lawyer who fought off Pritzker and his COVID shutdowns, for churches and who will, if elected, wreak havoc among Democrats and Republicans who are part of the combine. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, my friend um, and future physics teacher. And I guess we're going to dinner soon, right? We're going to go to uh, comma bistro, you, me, and Matt Rosenberg to prepare for that Chicago Way goes to the North Shore thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've already, uh, tasty,
0: tasty stuff. I love it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Yeah, bistro in LaGrange. Uh, it, it, you don't even have to eat meat. You know, they have vegetarian food, but I really, the vindaloo is really good. <laughs> you know, ghost pepper vindaloo. Yeah, Oof, maybe. Oh, jeez. Give me a pint of yogurt to wash it down. And for me, John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, editor-in-chief of Johncastnews.com And every day brings us closer to announcing our sponsors. So when the lawyer gets back from Belize... <laughs> Or whoever he is, uh, we'll, we'll get that done. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Chicago Way Podcast on WGN+.